Uh, it's uh, Paul and Stephen. Uh, we're back again. So uh, I thought it would be best for us to introduce ourselves uh, in case there is more than five people listening this week. So if there's ten, that's an extra five people who can know who we are. Uh, my name's Paul Charland. Um, I came to Dubai in 2005. I've been doing real estate uh, in Dubai ever since with a couple of short breaks. Uh, over to you, Stephen. Stephen, Stephen Leckie. Um, been in Dubai since 2003, working in real estate uh, since 2005, and have known F F Paul ever since then, really. Yes. How was it? What, knowing you? Yes. Has anything changed? <laughs> So much has there really? What with you? Well, not well. I mean, not not looks wise. I mean, no. More maturity. No. Well, he, doctors have sorted things out, haven't they? Doctors have done quite a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're not cheap here. No, not for you. Well, no. Well, I'd say now they do like if if you, they do offers. If you, if you get five things done, they only charge you for four. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if they can do a bigger one for you, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, what were we saying? So uh, we're going to talk about, well, this is our second one. So um, I think we're going to focus a bit more on uh, property and one of the one of the big, or a couple of the big questions that are being asked at the moment. Um, I'll, I'll tell you one of the questions okay. I'm being asked at the moment, and um, I'll be interesting, interested to hear your version of the answer, because um, I'm always learning. And uh, You are. Yeah. Always learning from you as well, Paul. Well, and that, yeah. The pros and the cons. Um, yeah. So... A lot of people are asking me is, uh, or they're suggesting as well, that prices um, are too high mm. and that we are potentially in a, a bubble. Okay. What do you think about that? What do you say to that? I can, I understand why people are asking that. Um, but what I will say very quickly is that I disagree. Uh, the reason I disagree um, is because... Uh, luckily for us, we've just got, uh, you know, we have got some previous experience of the Dubai market, particularly from, you know, uh, up until 2008. So let, let's look at prices today. So you mean uh, there was a bubble in 2008? 2008, there was a, an incredible bubble, which we were both involved with. Um, prices, it seemed at the time, were going up monthly. Um, it was 70% a uh, speculator's market. Um, you know, with some end users, maybe with some some long term investors, but generally it was people buying to flip. I mean, that that and a lot of borrowing as well. A lot of borrowing. Um, now, when you when you switch to the market today, so apart from the Palm and apart from Dubai Hills, prices today, price per square foot in Dubai, are still cheaper than 2014 and 2008. So theoretically that actually makes it it's actually impossible that we're in a bubble because we've been here twice before now let's look at the market now can you put sorry can you put a number on that on those two figures in, in what respect so you say the price the prices per square foot is in 2008 and 2014 we're still not there. What What is that? Well, I mean, look, I mean, I don't, I think I, I'm not, I'm not one who particularly believes in that you should generalize about one big place. Now let's use the UK as an example. So when they say, you know, when, when you see a press report, the prices have gone up by 2% or they've dropped by 2%. When people are talking about the UK as a whole, how can you compare London to any other part of the UK? You can't compare it to Grimsby or to Coventry or to Gloucester. 
and I wouldn't like to either. Um, so, you know, so, so to generalise about Dubai is, you know, you've got these outliers. Now, obviously, the Palm is the big outlier. It's, it's, a, it's a, an address which is an iconic address. It's known the world over. And there's only one Palm, soon to be two. Um, but, you know, that's a, a little bit down the road with the Palm Jebel Ali again. Um, so, you know, with the amount of people moving to Dubai, the amount of people with money, if they want to buy in Dubai one of the best addresses in the world, then their only choice is the palm. So because of that, prices are at all-time highs, but we expect them to continue to go up in price. And, and Blue Water Island, of course. And Blue Water Island. Buy Hills, um, arguably, or you could safely say um, that it's the number one master community in Dubai. It's EMAR. Um, it's been done very, very well with a golf course, perfect location, great infrastructure. Um, so, you know, as a community which is still regarded as new, um, there's been the most amount of interest there for families or people wanting to move to Dubai to, you know, buy a family home, a villa or a townhouse in particularly. Um, you know, the number one choice was Dubai Hills. And so those two places, the Palm and Dubai Hills, have seen the biggest price increases. But for everywhere else, I mean, prices are significantly cheaper uh, than 2008 in certain places. Um, I'll give you an idea. I mean, I got, we got involved, we were heavily involved in flipping uh, back then, which was splendid. It was a, it was very, very good and, and, until it, it suddenly stopped, which was September the 15th, 2008, when Lehman Brothers uh, went bankrupt. Um, and I remember uh, there's a group of us, like a little uh, sort of investment fund we had. We had, a, we had a couple, and we bought an Olive Point villa in Jamira Gulf Estates mm. and uh, off plan, and we paid 17.4 million dirhams for it. Now, obviously, we didn't pay 17.4. We was paying the first 10%, mm -hmm. hopefully a maximum the next 10%, and then we were looking to flip. So, you know, if we paid 20%, it went up in price by 10%, then, you know, we've made 50% ROI within a few months. Um, and people were doing that at the time. And people were doing it, yeah. yeah. Now, now, <laughs> Jamira Gulf Estates over the last two years has gone up massively in price, but prices are still cheaper than in 2008. Mm. That's to give you an idea mm -mm. of when people say, our price is too expensive. The other thing to, to bear in mind is, first of all, as I said, we've been here twice before, and further to that is that when you look at the market now and this is what people have to have to realize and what people you know it, maybe it does occur to people but there is certainly some people it doesn't is that going back to 2008 in particularly 2007 2008 um speculator driven about 70 percent loads of cash coming in people looking to flip it wasn't long-term investors it wasn't particularly end users now you look at the market now um it's at least 60% end users, which is uh, families, couples, uh, you know, uh, business people, finance people, IT people moving to Dubai because they want to make Dubai their home. So when they buy a property, whether it be an apartment or a villa, what they're looking to do is, you know, they just want a, a lovely home which they're going to live in for the next 5, 10, 15 years, however long they're in Dubai. So first and foremost, it's not about how much money can they make. It's about buying the nicest home possible. Now, when the market is underpinned by end users, that makes it a strong, resilient market. There's no question about that. Hmm. So to me, no, we are not in a bubble and no prices aren't too expensive because if you want to look back just a couple of years ago during COVID, prices before COVID were actually 
what we believe to be undervalued by around 10 percent then mm -mm. um and then during covid they went to 20 to 30 percent undervalued you know where there's that bit of the panic selling so they've corrected themselves to to what we believe to be is the, is the correct price at this time of business you're listening to Defy real estate unplugged by house and house award-winning property agency in dubai yeah, I think also uh, what's also happening is that the quality of property is probably a lot better. The efficiency of property. Do you know what I mean? In, two th in, in, in 2005, six and seven, you can build anything and you could sell it, whatever it was. Yeah. And it would sell and flip, etc. And then came... We well, the didn't actually... No, no. You didn't actually even have to build it. <laughs> you could you could just produce a nice... Nice brochure. A nice brochure and, and tell and everyone it was going to be amazing and, and then they'd still party. buy it. And a good launch party. Good launch party, yeah. yeah. And yes. But so I think what happened is I think the entire world after 2008, not just in the property business, but in all businesses, everybody's looked at efficiency. Um, and uh, sort of so much conspicuous consumption was going on before that. And I think people, um, architects, uh, developers started looking at how can we best use this space? What's the best way of designing an apartment or a house or this land, getting best use out of the land, etc. And I think you're seeing a lot better quality and a lot more thought has gone into the, to, uh, to property in itself since then. Um, so you're getting better value for money now, probably. Yeah. No. Would you agree? I would agree. And you know, if if you if you, if you want to take it down to basics, even say for instance, even on the palm, where you'd say now for the high end developments, you're looking at between five to ten thousand dirhams a square foot, um, which sounds a lot, but when you think about it, uh, five thousand dirhams a square foot is around eleven hundred pounds. And obviously, two thousand two hundred pounds for ten thousand dirhams a square foot. So, eleven hundred eleven hundred pounds per square foot is still a third of the price of central London. Even at ten thousand dirhams a square foot, which is mm. seen as you know mm -hmm. the, the the top price now, it's still significantly cheaper than central London and most other major cities. Mm. So, when you make that comparison, yes, prices have gone up in Dubai, but look around the world. All these other major cities, they're significantly more expensive. So which, is, which is why so many um, high net worth individuals are buying into the palm and these other places in Dubai because they see great value. Yeah. And, and, and why would they want to leave their money in a bank in, in Europe at the moment or in the West where they're going to get heavily taxed? Um, so many reasons not to leave it in, in the bank at the moment with inflation, etc. Let's go and buy some property and where, where better than Dubai. Yes, and where is better than Dubai at the moment? Well, I don't know of anywhere. Do you? There's well, a couple of places that people talk about, like Singapore, and um, even I've even heard Miami on on that list. Yeah, I think it, I, I I saw that when that report came out. I I, I get Singapore. Um, you know, that's a, that's an Asian safe haven. Um, not so sure it'd be so safe when, or potentially China uh, has a, a bigger problem with Taiwan uh, and Hong Kong. Mm. Um, Miami, apparently, because I was surprised Miami was on there, but uh, effectively, I think they, they chose Miami because they needed to choose somewhere in the US, and Miami is just performing better mm. than all the other states because mm. they've got lower tax rate and mm. a lot of people have moved there post-COVID. You know, they've got more land and mm. it's better weather. And um, But, yeah, they I mean... that next to the president as well, of course. Yeah, there, there, there could be some people who want to do that. 
Okay, well, I've got a question for you, uh, Stephen, mm. which hopefully will be interesting to, to the 10 or 11 people who are listening this week. Do you think we've got that many? Uh, well, I was going to hedge my bets at nine. How many How many of your family are listening? Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Three of my cousins are pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> They've got nothing to do. Well, yeah. well they didn't have... <laughs> listen to this. Yeah. yeah. L- long... I haven't told any of my family that I'm making these podcasts, so yeah. But I don't think they've got much interest in what I'm doing anyway. They might have. I don't know. No. But surely there must be someone who has got an interest in what you're doing. No, probably not. No. I'm sure you're not surprised to hear that. No, no, no. I am surprised. I mean, give me 15 minutes. I'm going to really try to think of someone. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I've got a question for you, Stephen, please. Go on. Tell me. What are the main differences in the Dubai property market now compared to 15-ish years ago? So we're going back to sort of 06, 08, that sort of time. What are the main differences? So many differences, Paul. I think uh, I think certainly experience. We, we are far more experienced now than we were then. And uh, there are still some people in the market who do lack experience like we probably did right at the beginning, 2005, although you had experience of real estate in Spain before, before that. But um, I, think, I think that's one big thing is that we've got a history. We've got a lot of experience to talk about with clients. Um, I think uh, the thickness of the Gulf news if that means anything to you. So if anybody's out there and doesn't know what the Gulf News is, it's the it's the newspaper for Dubai and the UAE. I think probably it's probably the most popular English um, newspaper. And all advertising for property at that point had to be um, had to be published or advertised in in the Gulf News and their property section. I think was there four or five different properties sections or something. It might have been that there were like pull-out sections, weren't there? Property. Do you remember? It was. It was. It was massive. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was massive. Yeah. Very large. And that's what you did when you went to work every morning. But you did. Yeah, you, you went did. through. You went through the the property pages of the yes. Gulf News. Yes. Now we've got something called the internet. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> that's another podcast, Paul. But that's one of the things uh, I think. Certainly, from a, a sort of regulations, that's definitely something that's changed for the better there were no regulations back in 2005 6 and 7 i think rira real estate regulatory agency as it's known um they came into being around that time 2007 i think 2008 it's when we had to start actually going into a classroom and learning about real estate wasn't it we had to pass yeah. tests yeah um and um that was but then the crash happened and then immediately after that in 2010 2011 the government really stepped up and um started uh, introducing some fairly strict guidelines for real estate um and rira had a lot more power with regards to real estate agencies etc and real estate agents in dubai so i think that was one th- that's that's a major difference uh, there's still a lot of agents out there who haven't um been involved with rear of course but uh, freelancers etc um and new joiners but um yeah i think that's one of the things and obviously the, the there was transfers used to happen at the developers offices do you remember that we used to do transfers yeah. of property at the developers' offices yeah. where did we have to pay them 2% or something? Or was there? No, that was all different. Some some was just... Well, there was no DLD fees. No. 
there was whatever the developer wanted to charge, which wasn't a lot. They might yeah. have charged 1% or a, really? a fixed admin fee, yeah. But there was no DLD. Yeah. And then, then obviously, we now do everything through the Dubai Land Department or their trustees' offices, the exchange of properties. Which is improving all the time. It is. It's all online as well. Yeah, huge lot difference. Lots of it's online anyway. Yeah. You still have to go there for certain things, so that's good. And I think one of the main differences for me has been the the, the, the kind of clients you talk to. In the back in the back in that time, everybody you spoke to was talking about buying and then selling. What would this be worth in three months? What's it going to be worth in six months? What's it going to be worth next year? Yeah. That was the, that was what everybody was asking. And then you went through this whole period, sort of after the crash, where it was. People were buying to let, so they were asking about yields and um, what would what would I what would I make out of this property in rent? That was the big question for a lot of people. I'm not saying that still isn't the question; it still is, but it certainly was very more, much more prevalent than flipping. Well, flipping just wasn't really possible at that time. And then I think more recently, certainly for me, the last three to four years, people have been talking to me about buying to live. So you actually come here and mm. live in, retire, move their entire family, move their businesses over here, especially since COVID um, around the world. And people have seen how they've dealt with it here in Dubai. Follow House and House on social media and don't miss a beat of Dubai's vibrant property market. Yeah, so I think that's that's been some of the... What other differences can you think of? Well, I'd like, first of all, I'd like to say congratulations to you. Oh, what? Well, because I didn't think you were going to remember that far back. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I, I thought I was going to have to ask you a question from like last week. No, no, I was. I had actually been practicing this for the last couple of days in my mind while I was coming to work. Okay, thinking I'm going to do a podcast with Paul, so I'd better try and think of something to say. Yeah, yeah. No, which is good. I mean, it was okay what you said. Yeah. What I will say is these are the biggest changes for me. Which so you've gone back to like. Uh, 15 years-ish. These mm. are the biggest changes I've seen over the last, I think it's five years. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, 2018. Uh, maybe Pre-COVID. Yeah, maybe it was right, between 2015 and 2018. Okay. So, Google Maps or... or <laughs> Right. Honestly, though, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's quite incredible because... Well, you've learned how to use your phone. Well, I've learned how to use it, first of all, or I know some people use Waze, which they say is better, but mm. years ago, there never used to be any uh, Google Maps or Waze or, or whatever else, right? So I... Used... How did we get around? Well, I, I really, really don't know because, I'm, I mean, there's a lot less roads, so... But I remember, for instance, if I had to go to Jamira Lake Towers, yes. yeah, yeah, I used to... L- really really not look forward to it because i had a meeting now the the uh the master developer was in the kill and they just weren't very good back in the day putting up road signs or directions right. so effectively if you went to jlt with their one-way system if you missed your cluster yes right which was quite easy to do yes you had to go all the way around yes. the one-way system yes. to then look for that cluster again to hopefully find it the second time then if you did find it you had to park so if you had an important meeting yeah, I mean, obviously, you could either be late for your meeting or you have to leave really early to get there for that meeting. You have to really plan ahead. The same, actually, with JVC. I used to hate having to go to JVC because there was no road signs or any directions at all. And you, you just didn't know where you were going. So to me, to have the GPS and literally to go anywhere in Dubai, you could go into the D- deepest, darkest depths of Dera or really old Dubai and literally you can go straight there, it goes straight in. I mean... 
that is we're so used to it now we forget what it was like before but it, i mean it was it was really really difficult yeah there were no maps well they wouldn't use maps no there wasn't no do we use maps i don't think there were. well there were some maps yeah I, there, was I, a, there was a company called explorer we used to produce these maps i probably still got a few at home yeah but pulling to the side of the road at shakeside road and looking at the map probably not a good idea not a good idea at all and the the other thing is um one, once again people just won't realize this because they don't they just wouldn't know any different but i mean whatsapp i've lived a few different it's places you've learned to say it now i know whatsapp yeah i know <laughs> I, used to, I always used to say what's up and everyone used to look at me and just you know what's up um which i didn't mm. like mm. um so it's when you think about it before whatsapp i mean the business was it was i, I know this sounds obvious but it was like phone and email you know, and an email could sort of take quite a while. Now, we're so used to WhatsApp now that... What is it you've gone back to saying? Oh, did what, I say, did I say you WhatsApp? Said, did I? Said WhatsApp. Oh, damn. Uh, so, um, we're so used to WhatsApp now. Like, I remember, I remember, this was this was quite a while ago, actually. So, 18 months ago, WhatsApp went down one evening, right? For a few hours. Mm-mm. Honestly. The whole world. That, it was, but the whole of Dubai stopped. Yeah. It was like there was panic. Mm-mm. You know, people calling up, like, has your WhatsApp gone down? It was like people couldn't operate. Because when you think about it, something really simple, if you're speaking with a client who's just making a general inquiry, oh, yeah, this looks interesting. Oh, can you send me the floor plans? Right? Mm. Now, before WhatsApp, that was actually, that wasn't a straightforward thing to do. You had to find the file, mm. if it was on your data, or, you know, if it was on your uh, your server at work or, or wherever else, then get it, you know, I mean, I was, I was obviously never the best with technology. No. But... But the, you know, find the find the floor plan, send it on email. Hopefully they see it, etc. Now, literally, you could ask for more or less any detail of a property, whether it's floor plans, prices, square foot, location, you name it. That client anywhere in the world can have all of that information within two seconds. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And from what I'm told, Dubai is there's more business conversation in dubai let's say the uae than any other part of the world they reckon like 90 percent of business conversations right whereas in some countries it is still email or in some other way here it is literally all on whatsapp you know i've done deals with people who don't speak english yes um which which is ironic you know they've bought property they bought property and we've dealt nearly exclusively on WhatsApp, apart from the very first phone call where they told me they couldn't speak English and can we go to WhatsApp, please, because they can understand English when it's written. It's amazing. Still calls it WhatsApp. Well, whatever. You know what I mean. Okay. Well, uh, it's been lovely chatting to you, Stephen. I'm not sure how long we've been on, but uh, we're time out there. I Hopefully, this has been a, a little bit of interest and a, a bit helpful to anybody who is listening. And um, we will uh, speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Cheers. And you. Bye. Dubai Real Estate Unplugged. Finding this information helpful? Share this episode with friends and family to help them in their property journey. To know more about us or to contact our property specialists, visit houseandhouse.com.